Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we're the greatest beer men who ever lived and died. Now, some half-drank ales hide out among us. Here's the deal. Our job is drinking leftover brews that have escaped the fringe. Crack it, chug it, crush it deep. Stay frosty, friends. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to our 180th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. We are the internet's premier podcast for good beers and bad movies like the one we're going to discuss tonight. Uh, That is our final flop starring egregiously handsome people. And that is 2013's disastrous comic book adaptation, R.I.P.D. or the Rest in Peace Department. No, The Undertaker does not work there. Although it might have been more fun if he did. Mm-hmm. You guys I are being am... mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to be really mean to this movie. And I barely even remember it. And I watched it two weeks ago. And I there's like a series of things that I remember happening. <laughs> but it might as well just have been a really expensive movie trailer. <laughs> uh, I am the Thunderous Wizard, and along with me tonight for this undead manhunt are Mr. Chen, Chumpzilla. I don't usually go for Western, but uh, it's working for me. Okay, and the man who stole Roy Cephas's hat, Bling Blake. What's with the Steely Dan? Apparently it relaxes people. So, points of order, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Hops and Bo Flops. You can find Wabam Entertainment on Twitter and Instagram, at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T. Uh, let's talk beer, Chumzilla. You pick the beer. What are we drinking tonight? Well, tonight I have selected a dead guy beer to pair with a movie about dead guys hunting other dead guys. I'm drinking Dead and Dead Barrel Aged Maybach from Rogue Ales out of Oregon. That's right. These are the dead guy ale people. And uh, Dead and Dead is a amberish strong lager that pours a dark amber with a good two fingers of head and light lacing. It smells malty and a little sweet, and uh, it tastes about the same. I can taste uh, the vanilla and dry, smoky oak notes from the several months of aging in Dead Guy whiskey barrels that it receives, and it carries a hefty Captain Cash-approved 9.5% ABV. Oh, boy. And uh, you can definitely feel it in your mouth, uh, but I wouldn't say it's rough on the palate, but the booze is definitely there. Uh, Dead and Dead is a seasonal uh, fall release. It's available from September through October in four packs of Pounders. And, uh, you know, this is an interesting beer. Um, it's it's uh, it's a little different than my normal uh, IPA hoppy uh, uh, fallback, but I'm going to give it a solid two bad movies. Uh, but at 9.5%, I don't think I'm going to remember much of that second movie. But, uh, hey, let's put it this way, Thunder's Wizard. I'm right there with you. I wish I had a couple of these while I was watching R.I.P.D. Yeah. Sounds like your colon's going to be a dead tomorrow morning. 
Oh yeah. Um, but no, if you can get your hands on this, it's definitely a good, even though I know a Maybach is typically a spring beer, it's supposed to be a lighter lager. I would not call this light, um, but it is amber in color and it's got that flavor. Uh, yeah, this is a good fall beer in my opinion. Check it out. If you can find it fall, winter, it's a good, it's a good late year seasonal beer. Uh, I could not find it, but I remember we did do dead guy and I liked that beer. So that's all I can contribute here. Hey, we've, we, you know, we've also done some other monster beers as well. Colossal Claude, Bat Squatch. Yeah, I just got a new one today because I went and looked for this beer today and I ended up picking up beers for our next series, which we'll talk about at the end of the pod. And uh, I got a, I did get another one. Yeah. So right on. Bad news, listeners. This movie was free on HBO Max until about a week and a half ago. Uh, so you can blame Captain Cash for that because this was supposed to come before uh, Mystery Alaska and he was slacking, you know, just, you know, doing costume shit and whatever else he does, Captain Cash things. And so we wound up flipping them and now it's not on HBO Max. And if you want to watch this thing, you actually have to pay for it. The horror. I had to, I had to pay for this. Oh, no. And I and. And I did watch it when it was on HBO Max because I know that I'm going to once again be the lone holdout that is going to defend this terrible movie because it is pretty bad, but I'm still going to defend it where I can. Uh, but, you know, when we were doing it, I wanted to be to be fresh because I'm sure I had a lot of beers. That's why I started watching it on HBO Max and then I rented it. And then you have that ticking clock. You know, you have 48 hours with the movie. So now I've watched it three times uh, in the last, not even, 36 hours. Hey, you know, you got to sprint sprint to the finish. You only got so much, so many hours to get Jeff Bridges doing Foghorn Leghorn in your life and got to soak it up. Or you could watch the prequel, which as we discussed, makes no sense because he wouldn't age. I, I did that too, and if we can get into this later, if we want, uh, I'm not Why? sure if he's necessarily older. He just has a different haircut. Like in going back and in, in watching this one, like I don't think Roy is supposed to be all that old. Like he's just more experienced because he's been dead for 150 years. Yeah, well, I got, no, I, 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 I got think bad there's news, a lot they, of stuff they, in this movie that's they, not like really fleshed out well and just kind of left for you to assume whatever you want. So, yeah, to that extent there, uh, Mr. Bling, I do believe it is open to interpretation. But I also think it's one of the huge problems this movie has is that it just it's just not well developed. It's pretty oh, half-baked you, all the you, way through. Oh, well, if you think uh, this is bad, definitely watch the sequel. You're going to love, or prequel, whatever it is. You're going to, you're just going to hate now, it. Just now, remember, time is a flat circle, so who knows? Yeah. Now, before I get into the details, I will say the one thing I did find out about this film uh, was that Jeff Bridges had a blast making it, probably because Ryan Reynolds is incredibly fun to be around. But he said the studio cut this thing to shit. Yeah. Um, I, I would don't... put this movie, like, sadly, probably in the same category as The Dukes of Hazard. I bet the outtakes of Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds are better than anything that ended up in the final cut of the movie. And there's plenty of them out there that you can check out online, and I can share yeah. them on the social. So let's get to the details, or the tale of the tape, of RIPD. It was directed by Robert Schwentke, uh, who also helmed the pod-appearing Snake Eyes, so welcome back as well as Red, that's an anomaly, 
because he did Flight Plan and then one of those Divergent movies. Oh, no, he did the first two. And that was a trilogy that was so crappy and underwhelming, they didn't even bother <laughs> to finish it. Yeah, and Red's good. Red's like a good movie. Red's I, legitimately good. And it's, 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 you know what, it's okay. Yeah, but it's better than this. It's a lot sure. better. It's a lot more fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, Snake yeah. Eyes, too, like, is pretty much a train wreck, as we discussed. So I don't know. I mean, clearly the guy has an eye for talent, but I guess if the studio does mess with your shit, like that's not going to help. Uh, and why, Star- why, hey, why are we shitting all over Eric Bana and the time traveler's wife? Oh, well, that w- Captain Cash would have brought that up because he likes that movie quite a bit. <laughs> so, as he would have told you if he would have showed up, you lazy son of a bitch. Um, this movie stars Ryan Spirited Reynolds as Nick. Jeff L. Dudorino bridges as Roy or Roy Cephas, which is a really sexy name if you live in the old west. Uh, you've got Sounds Kevin like an STD. honorary guardian of the galaxy bacon as Hayes, Stephanie We Bought a Zoo, Sozdak as Julia, Devin Buzz Rattray as Pulaski. So, welcome back from Home Sweet Home Alone. Buzz makes an appearance. Oh no, uh, you've got Mary Lu- Louise Weeds Parker as the Proctor. And the legendary James Lopan Hong as Grandpa Chen, which he is the bright spot of the movie, I feel. And I feel like, uh, isn't it like a, a somewhat like urban legend fact that James Hong has like the most credits in Hollywood history? Most screen credits? Uh, he's got a lot. I, I th- In all of my pottings for this show, I don't think I've ever seen somebody with as many as he has. It's, it's like him and like Samuel Jackson, like they're like one, two. <laughs> well, I, uh, I imagine Kevin Bacon's got to be somewhere on that list, right? Uh, not, you know, he doesn't do as many it, like random. It's not the five degrees ones. of James Hong. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Definitely could be. Uh, so this came out in July 2013. It's a cr- critical and commercial flop uh, with a budget estimated to be as high as $154 million. It grows $78.3 million worldwide. Sits at 12% on Rotten Tomatoes with 106 reviews, which might be too kind. Uh, has Metacritic of 25. I feel like the hate is well-deserved for this one because this is essentially just men in black without the charisma or fun. Yeah, and I, you mentioned earlier that Jeff Bridges claims he had fun doing this movie, and I think it's clear in his performance that he was having a good time. Like, it's not a great performance, but you can definitely tell that Jeff Bridges is having fun chewing up every bit I'm, of scenery as Roy. I mean, essentially, he's Wyatt Earp with an ankle fetish. That's his, that's his character. I mean, and again, Jeff Bridges, is a, he's a fun dude. Ryan Reynolds is a fun dude. They have a hint of chemistry. This movie takes zero advantage of that, um, but you can see it there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I talked about the budget on this movie, and I know the number is a little ambiguous because they did market this pretty heavily. I do remember seeing commercials for this around the time that it was coming out, and I just remember seeing Jeff Bridges and being like, "Oh no, Jeffrey Lebowski!" Oh, it was like right they, on what the have heels they done of like Seventh Son. It's like, dude, what's going on, Bridges? Is do we need like an intervention? <laughs> Like and, and Reynolds was a, a name, but he wasn't like he was Van Wilder then. He still he wasn't like well he wasn't the he Ryan was, Reynolds we have was today. Bigger than that, but he wasn't Deadpool yet. No, exactly. And, Which you know, like put him into the strategy. Is he still Green Lantern? Yes, he was still Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
That's rough. I, you know, like you said, Chumzilla, like I, I think they do have chemistry. Um, and I, I think some of the, you know, I, I'm with you guys. This is not a good movie, but I happen to just love a lot of bad movies. But I think what the, the only things that, that do work in this movie is their banter and their chemistry and their back and forth. Like, and clearly, like you said, Jeff Bridges is obviously having a good time. And, and I think Ryan is too. Um, you know, they, they seem to at least be enjoying what they're doing, whether or not they're conscious of the fact that it's going to be an absolute bomb fest. True. Uh, and as I mentioned, this was a comic book. Apparently this is a dark horse comic. I didn't get too far into whether or not like this was inspired by men in black, the comic that is, but they have very similar premises, which brings us to our well, one-liners. Chumpsilla, how would you describe this in one sentence? Dull boy two. Jeff Bridges needs a new boat. Okay. Uh, bling Blake. Uh, I just went with uh, Van Wilder and Yosemite Sam fight evil. Okay. I've got a few. You could say Greenhorn Lantern, because I believe at one point Recifus calls him a Greenhorn. Uh-huh. You've also got Here Come the Men in Flack, Undead Arresters. <laughs> oh, no. That'll be my... stuck in my head at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Good luck getting that out. So those are my two. Uh, the actual IMDb description is a cop killed by his own partner joins RIPD, an afterlife law enforcement department working to apprehend various monsters disguised as humans living on Earth and gets paired up with a smart mouth veteran. Now, Chum said you were going to say, maybe try and refute that this was Men in Black. But this is very clearly the description of Men in Black. Uh no, I was just going to say, like, this is a Dark Horse comic property. And I believe most people don't know this, that Men in Black falls under the Marvel imprint. I'm not sure what that was actually published under, but it's a Marvel property, technically. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I Actually, don't I think know. it's hilarious. A lot of people don't know that. Like, I didn't know that Men in Black was a comic book. I had no clue until much, much later. And I would have never guessed in a million years this was a comic book movie. Because it's not a huge popular comic property. I, I just I guess some producer somewhere just got like that John Peters vibe. I was like, oh, this this needs to be a well. Movie. You're five years into the MCU, and this was when every other studio was essentially trying to create franchises, which every studio yeah. is still trying to do. Uh, but they were really throwing shit at the wall to see what would stick. I mean, we got a yeah. Jonah Hex movie in this mm -hmm. like area of time. Cowboys uh, versus aliens. We got Cowboys versus aliens, which. Also bad. One of those movies is good. Yeah. Oh, John Carter. Yeah. So anyway, let's get into the plot. Chumsil, why don't you take the plot? Oh, boy. Because I think like my recollection of this movie is sort of like a fever dream. Yeah. I, you know, to be honest with you, I wanted to go back and watch it again today. Not for the, not three times in 48 hours like Queen Blake, but I didn't want to watch it again because I had a hard time remembering the beginning and the end. It's like, I, how's this movie start and how's it end again? Like, I, I, I should rewatch. I it. only remember the end because it's the end of Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's why I remember the end. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you were one giant marshmallow man away from the end of Ghostbusters for sure. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so for a plot, let's see what I can do here. Uh, so the movie centers around two undead cops trying to solve a mystery involving magic gold and souls escaped from hell. 
we start with an overly complicated and unsatisfying B plot involving Ryan Reynolds' Nick and his partner Hayes, played by Kevin Bacon, being dirty cops and stealing gold from a drug bust. Now, granted, the movie doesn't show us that. We just see Reynolds returning home and burying his cut of the gold, and the rest is just kind of implied. So, okay. So now neither one of those characters is particularly likable, but whatever. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Nick is, uh, he comes to a change of heart. And so I guess we'll like him more now, I guess. Uh, and he tells oh, his partner now that he's going to turn. Hold on. Hold on one in. sec. I feel yeah. like that's something that was cut from the film. Cause by the way, this movie is like an under an hour and a half long. That's 96 minutes, I believe. Yeah. So I feel like that had to be in there, which would have actually given the movie some sort of center where you come to like Nick because he realizes what he's sac like potentially sacrificing if he gets caught doing this yeah. but instead like you he, don't get that I th yeah i think you really needed a scene of him and kevin bacon at the bust him being nervous about taking the gold him not wanting to tell his wife what happened that day at work then you know clan you know the clandestine burial in the backyard and like you just get more of a vibe that he's not okay with it I, anyway i mean let's again the movie doesn't give a shit so why should we uh, but yeah, like I said, Nick has his change of heart and uh, he tells Kevin Bacon he's going to turn the gold in. And that prompts Hayes, uh, Kevin Bacon's character, to kill him to cover his tracks, which frankly implies a lot of cover-up stuff within the police department that is just not addressed at all. But again, the movie doesn't care, so we don't either. Let's keep going. Wait a um, minute. New one-liner. The Departed. Right? It works. Because they're dead. <laughs> Dirty cops, no. the department. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The departed department. Um, so <clears throat> so this is where the movie makes the move to the supernatural. Uh, Nick, maybe in purgatory, is recruited to join the RIPD, a supernatural agency that hunts down hellbound souls that have escaped judgment and returned to Earth to walk among the living as <clears throat> deados. Dead. I wish they would have given us some kind of like explanation as to how you can just choose to not go through the time freezy float to wherever experience. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, the movie just doesn't stop to explain any of this. It's just really, any of it. You just get the same basic information. That, it's one of those movies where there's not a lot of exposition that's like not just on the screen. There's no like narration or anything. You just, whatever the lady tells Ryan Reynolds is Nick, that's all we get to, and we just roll with it. So, again, uh, this, Captain this movie is, not is that very kind of hard. Movie. Like, not that kind of movie. People will think this is funny. So, who gives a shit if any of it makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, in exchange for his services, Nick would get a clean slate with the big guy or something. I don't know. And he's partnered with the cranky old timey sheriff, Roy, played by Jeff Bridges. Okay, so now we're in full-on buddy cop, men in black mode. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, on their first call, they find more of the gold that Nick had stole while still alive, and he becomes suspicious that there could be more to the gold. His suspicions prove correct when he witnesses a deddo hand over the gold to his old partner, Hayes, and folks, now the plot has thickened. Now, wait a minute. Mike O'Malley, right, the guy, the the guy who was like the Boston sports guy in the ESPN commercials uh, yeah. and on some crappy CBS sitcom amongst other things. 
essentially he's the Tony Shalhoub character from Men in Black, where they go to yes. his like yes. <laughs> place of work and and beat him up and try to yeah. get information from him. It's the same scene. <laughs> Literally verbatim, no, like they just totally cribbed from that. Absolutely hundred percent. Uh anyway. Uh, eventually Nick and Roy learn that the gold is part of the staff of Ra. Um, no, wait, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, the staff of Jericho, and they are both uh suspended for stupid reasons because it's a cop movie and they're they're loose cannons. Uh, no, some a dead guy got a dead O, I'm sorry, got away or something. I don't know. Roy is so right. Why would anybody build that thing? Yeah, I. I don't know. It's, I it's essentially Gozer's pyramid from uh, uh, Dana Barrett's fridge. That's that's what they're building. I just don't mm-hmm. under like. There is no Dana, only Zool. Yeah. yeah. There's this like all powerful. I mean, again, it's not that kind of movie. There's all powerful universe that can like keep you from revealing your true identity and make you make Ryan Reynolds turn into James Hong, and 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 Jeff Bridges look like a. a Victoria's Secret model. Marissa Miller, what's her name? Marissa, I think that's right. Uh, I forget, but yeah. But she's like, but a why, why would this Secret universe head. allow a, a, a death highway reversal device to be created? Like, it doesn't make any question. sense. And of hey, all kid, places to store not it, not that kind of movie. Not that kind of movie. I know. Why would, I know. They, why would the pieces just be in Boston? Shouldn't this be like how, a globe trotting adventure? <laughs> Out of all the bad guys, yeah, all the all of it, the staff of Jericho is in Boston, Massachusetts, and and how did all the bad guys get the supernatural police force guns? I don't get that either. And and why isn't Rip Torn more concerned with it? He seems very casually comfortable with this being stored in the vault. I don't know. When does the Sex in the City girl get her girl get here? It's like Kim Cattrall's in this. It's mind-boggling. Oh, no. All of it is so mind-boggling. Yeah, and uh, anyway, Ron and, Parker. And, and what really bothered me about this is that the suspension or whatever clearly doesn't mean anything because both characters, you know, Nick and Roy, are still able to travel back to Earth. So what are they actually suspended from? Uh, are they barred access to something? Because it doesn't seem to change anything in the movie other than just being like a generic buddy cop plot point. But regardless... Uh, like I said, it doesn't stop them from returning to Earth and confronting Hayes, who, spoiler, is in fact a Deto himself. Did uh, anybody see that coming? I, I mean, no. Everybody saw that coming. And he lives in, he was the and bad he, guy. And he I, lives in the house on Nebolt Street. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was where it was obvious. But before I thought, hey, maybe he's just made a deal with the dark side. I don't know. But regardless, uh, they arrest him and they take him back to headquarters. And that's where the movie then steals a plot point from the Dark Knight. Yes, Hayes yes. and his crew executing their heist slash escape from inside the RIPD central office. The Dedos make off with all the gold and return to Earth to reassemble the staff of Ra. Again, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I mean, the staff of Jericho, which will reverse the spirit tunnel from hell. That's right. The staff will turn it from suck to blow. Hayes uses Nick's widow's blood to power the soul Floby, and it starts raining deados. Roy then destroys the staff. Nick shoots Hayes with the gun from Drive Angry, and true love saves Nick's widow? Uh, whatever. She lives. Roy gets his hat back, and Nick is a Girl Scout now. 
the end? Now, I, wait a minute. I know you weren't so fond of the Grandpa Chin, so I got you a new one. Is that a sequel tease? A hundred percent it was a sequel tease. That's so because ambitious. They, they That's ambitious. They were gonna make a bunch of these. They really did. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they even made a bunch of comic books of these. Like I don't <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I couldn't even so. find a Wikipedia article about the comic book. Like, so yeah, I've never I, heard of it. I found one on that website, like fandom. Yeah, that's and what I was, found too. It was the most bare bones wiki entry of anything I've ever seen. And I the mean, art on the, the cover f- that they had looked terrible. <laughs> the fucking Dream Child has more lore to it than this comic book. Wow. It, yeah, the IP for this, like, Again, I mean, I know, like you said, it was that time where they just bought up every comic book property that they could. I I can't imagine whatever the budget ended up for this actually being 170, whatever. None of that had to be for the rights to this comic book like that. That could not cost very much. They probably got that for like 250 grand. Uh, I mean, the thing is chocolate of really not very good CGI. I don't like uh, the look of the Dettos at all. They're like... No, very generic. They look like the bloated zombies from like Left for Dead. I don't know why it, they look like that. Yeah, like, it's like Xbox 360 graphics. Yeah, yeah, it gave, gave me a lot of like uh, Last of Us vibes, if you guys remember that one. It, it, well, and really, the character design, and we'll probably get to this later, but it was generally lazy in my opinion they they weren't unique they were all just kind of like arms and mouths and it's like oh okay so that's it so yeah it just turns one flavor out, of creature yeah when you're dead and decaying you just get like grotesquely fat and then like your shirt rips like you become like gross incredible hulk with a weird face that's falling off i bet they had a lot of leftover assets from angley's hulk and like yeah we can use that zombie dogs for sure yeah why not I think this movie would have been pretty righteous if it was just like a straight up B movie with practical effects. I think you could have done the Dedos without going so cartoony with all of them. Like, I think, you know, again, I, I, I'll i defend this movie in certain certain lights, but to the fact that like, as soon as those characters turned into Dedos, they were clearly cartoons. Yeah. That, so- that was the part that I, did, I just didn't, it, it, it didn't ring true for me. Yeah, so here's what I would say, because I think, uh, uh, T-Dubs, you you mentioned Ghostbusters earlier. Here's the thing. There were parts of Ghostbusters that were generally, um, not generally, genuinely, genuinely scary. There were some serious scares in that stuff. There were some effects that were freaky. Some of the creature designs were scary. That movie had some scary elements to it. Now, it's still a fun comedy movie, but it, it still had stuff that, you know, made you jump a little. This movie has none of that. At no point in this film was I ever like scared or like, oh, wow, that was spooky. It was very cartoony, like you said, Boing. So I would say like, I wouldn't even compare this to Ghostbusters, uh, the movie. I would say this is more like the real Ghostbusters, the animated series. It was like a toned down, very PG-13, very cartoony version of a quote unquote scary movie. Sure. Yeah. So how many... How many beers do you think it takes to watch this movie, Blink Blake? So it, it is only 90 minutes. Um, but that being said, I'm going to go with four. Four beers in the 90 minutes. 
too pain for me, too pleasure. Um, there is enough witty banter. There's enough of uh, Jeff Bridges and his relaxed body that I could stick with it and enjoy myself enough. Um, you know, I, I, I don't despise this movie at all. And there are parts that I, that I genuinely chuckle at and enjoy. So for me, it's two and two. Um, and those, those two pain beers are going to help you deal with that cartoony CGI and, uh, and get you through this thing, uh, you know, a relatively uh, respectable clip. I mean, yeah, him riding Jeff Bridges' body, tense up or don't tense up like it, like the dude in Doctor Shivago, <laughs> like that's you mean Doctor Strangelove. Doctor Strangelove, yes, Doctor yes. Strangelove, right. riding him down is like weehaw. It's like okay, I mean, that's, I mean, sure. that's <laughs> why the that's why the rook's on bottom. Yeah, that's, that's a great line. Um, but I gotta give this four pain beers. <laughs> this was, <laughs> This movie is brutal. I, I couldn't believe it. And like my kids yeah. are, came in the room like, what are you watching? I'm like, you don't want to know. You know, <laughs> like, I don't even think you'll like this. Well, and I think that's, you know, first off, I'm glad both of you have said four beers because I now don't, don't feel so bad for saying that it's five beers for me. And being only 96 minutes long, that's what saved this for being a six beer movie. Uh, those are five pain beers, uh, mostly pain beers. I mean, the movie's not devoid of of laughs, but I think that's probably what's most frustrating about it is because you know, especially now, how funny Ryan Reynolds can be, and we all love Jeff Bridges, and the two of them do have a bit of chemistry, but this movie just does not take advantage of it, and that's probably its biggest fault, you know. So yes, that's why yeah. it's five pain beers for me. Okay. It could have okay. been better. I agree. I think it could have been a lot better. Now, before we discuss maybe how, uh, let's take our first break. We'll hear from our brothers in beer over at Hop Nation USA. And when we come back, we've got some lingering questions about RIPD. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Hello and welcome back to the 180th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. And we are talking 2013's R.I.P.D., the rest in peace department. And we've got some lingering questions left about this movie. The first being, why, in your opinion, did this flop? And could it have been saved? Like I said, I think practical effects would have made this movie a lot cooler. Uh, you guys mentioned some things as well, but anything else to add, Chumzilla? No, I mean, I, I think I've already said it, and I'm with you on the creature effects. I mean, it's a bad script. Uh, it really wasted Ryan Reynolds. I mean, I do think Jeff Bridges makes the most of his role. Uh, I think Ryan Reynolds was the weaker of the two in this one. So, yeah, get a better script, let him flex his comedic chops. And then, yeah, either better creature design or just go, like you said, T-dubs with the practical effects and make those uh, uh, deados more interesting. Sure. Bling Blake, anything? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just really just adding on to what you guys are saying here. Um, you know, why, why did this flop? That was a tough 
uh, I think it came out in July of that year. Um, yeah, and it yes. was t- it was it was going up against some tough movies like the the now cardinal rule that we all know that these guys did not know in 2013 was like don't come out in the same month that a minions movie is coming out oh no um, yeah they'll just eat you alive and yeah, and, this, yeah, and I, I think that needs to be like a researched phenomenon like i think a lot of movies have gone on or been released that is and it basically sent out to die against the minions Dude, which is minions, strange minions they ate thor four's lunch uh that's assuming thor 4 had a lunch to eat but yeah. still the minions the minions uh still seem to be a reoccurring theme on this pod they have definitely stopped several movies we've covered for whatever and, reason and then the week after this came out i think wolverine came out um the wolverine um so i think that's i mean that obviously also stunk but we all had really high hopes for a Wolverine origin story. So yeah, it's still, from where it's I was sitting, like I was, I was Hugh waiting Jackman, to right? see that. Um, so, and then the other thing was, I, I mean, like we talked about this a little bit already, like, like nobody knows this IP. So I, I don't know whether you try to drum up one or the other, like, do you make it known as a comic book movie, not make it known as a comic book movie. And then I think the last thing, kind of the opposite from mystery Alaska was that, they went for the PG-13 thinking they were going to get that young audience because it's a comic book movie, but nobody's ever heard of this comic book. So they should have just gone full R and let Jeff Bridges get a little dude on this thing and let Ryan Reynolds get a little Deadpool on this thing and let Kevin Bacon just be Kevin Bacon and, and, go for it like make the creature scarier make it a little gorier make it a little punchier drop some f-bombs um and i think that would have actually punched this thing up quite a bit turned into that adult uh comedy action movie okay uh, for me i don't think you make this a movie i think because nobody knows what this is you don't have you don't have will smith right like in 97 when men in black came out will smith was guaranteed to open big, huge star, no matter what. And so make it a 10-episode Netflix show. Really establish what it is. Do the world building that's necessary to make people interested in what this is. And, you know, if you have the same cast, it works great. And you don't rush it. This movie is just zooming through. And yeah. nothing... And it, it covers it, a lot of ground. Yeah, like nothing it's a lands. It's set up and it doesn't explain a ton of it. But no, I think, uh, Mr. Bling, I think you're onto something. Because if they'd gone for the R and they'd turn this into basically an R-rated Walking Dead, because this came out at the peak of the Walking Dead zombie craze. And if you had just kind of leaned into that with the Dettos and made it an R, I think you would have found an audience, even though no one knew what the property was. That's an excellent point, because playing to the PG-13 crowd here was probably a huge mistake. With the source, because again, no one cares about this source material, so they could have taken some liberties with it for sure, and probably cashed in on that uh, Walking Dead money more so than like that Avengers money. I mean, you, you could know. still make it PG thirteen and just and just make it a little more gritty, sure, than it was. Absolutely, uh, yeah. But uh, favorite movie or scene from the film, if there are any, for you or I, Chumpsilla, but Blink Blake sort of likes it, so maybe he's got one. 
Yeah, give us some uh, options here. I need, I need multiple choice on this one. I, I've got – I mean, I've got two that I think are, are decent. Um, they're both similar uh, in that they're both Reynolds and uh, and Jeff chasing Deto. So I, I think Deto Buzz is entertaining. Uh, you know, let it do this. Suck it. Like, I, I thought that he was kind of funny, and it was good action. The CGI, like, of Jeff Bridges getting hit along the building is terrible. Um, but there were some enjoyable parts about that. And then the, the first one where they're chasing the guy, and Jeff Bridges rides Ryan Reynolds to the ground out of the building. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so, I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty much the most fun the movie had in that scene. Yeah, and that yeah. was it. I mean, it was, yeah, that, I would agree. I, it, it was funny to me, uh, you know, Jeff Bridges' character kind of like really just relishing the fights. You know, he's clearly just like yeehawing through all of it because mm-hmm. they ultimately can't get hurt unless they get killed with one of these soul bullets. I still don't understand how that gun works. No, it's the gun from Drive Angry. Yeah. They, they clearly reloaded at, at like at one point in time. They make a big deal about like, yeah, we got to reload this thing. It's got six of these bullets and yet they just shoot. A million of them at a time for no reason um yeah. but uh it, you know like 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 what we said jeffrey just said he had a good time filming this and you could tell he he did and when that shined through that's when i had the most fun. okay jumpzilla i don't necessarily have a favorite but i will give my least favorite and that was the implied infidelity in the scene where Nick and Roy are watching Hayes go back to Nick's uh, widow's home. And again, much like mystery Alaska, just the unnecessary negative specter of like marital infidelity as a plot point. I'm like, well, that's an unnecessarily dark and not so fun turn the movie took. I mean, it doesn't pan out in this case, uh, but still that was kind of a weird one. Because I was fully expecting Kevin Bacon to tongue kiss his widow right then and there. Because the Bacon's movie was setting bacon. it up. But it's Bacon's Bacon, and I would have yeah. bought it. But I, again, I'm like, well, that's an unnecessarily dark turn. And of course, it doesn't go that way. It's a fake out. But I'm like, and somehow I'm still upset. I don't like this. I don't uh, like it, it actually might have made me like the movie better because it'd be like, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming. He would have um, been super evil, right? It would have yeah. made sense. But... right. Since since Bling Blake took Jeff Bridges riding Ryan Reynolds like a rootin' tootin' Yosemite Sam, uh, I'll just say the scene where Reynolds dies, I thought was actually sort of interesting. And, you know, the freeze frame thing is super popular now. Tons of movies are doing it, like Black Adam just did it. Uh, obviously, the X-Men movies did it with Quicksilver. And I like that scene. I, I thought they did a really nice job with it. Until the part he gets sucked into the giant anus in the sky, and it was like, that looks bad. The CGI was bad there. I yeah. like that they went the extra step to actually show him land on his neck. Like that, was, that Yeah, hard. Explicitly gave us the neck snap. Like, oh, and he's dead. Yeah, I he think definitely now, did not make it. The movie just works so much better if, one, you don't cut what we assume they cut, which is them stealing the gold. And two, yeah, that opening scene should have just been that instead of that. The, they did the splash panel so that we yeah. knew it was a comic book property that nobody has read. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's well, other... and I think too, you could that that whole just real quickly here, Deeps, that yeah. bust, if they'd shown the bust where they stole the gold, you could have also had a couple of like weird, like 
moments where Ryan Reynolds knows notices something's off and his partner dismisses it. And you're not sure, like, is he seeing something or not? You know, it could have helped lay the groundwork for the supernatural elements. It could have actually kind of give us something to build on for the movie instead of just jumping right okay. in. I would say just have more dirty cops. And then he looks at the person, he identifies he knows this person, and they kill him. And then you don't know which one of them did it. And so there is an air of suspense. Like, because uh, this movie has like six characters in it, it's pretty obvious who the bad guy is. Even if like, you know, obviously Kevin Bacon is the bad guy. But it's obvious he has to be the big bad too because there's nobody in the movie. Yes. I wish it, I wish it would have been small. the guy from the locker room scene in the beginning that flashes. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! That yeah. fat ginger, he'd have been great if, it, if he ended up being the big bad. That would have made everything better. Like I mean, obviously, the the union rep is the is the big bad. I mean, the old guy hanging dong in the locker room. Yes, Andy that, that from is, According to the, Jim. <laughs> Yeah, that His is brother. the real villain of most <laughs> that, of our That's lives. where he's from. I couldn't think of it. Uh, so this is my favorite question, because it's if you died and became deputized by the RIPD, what would you want your avatar to be? Chumzilla, what would you want your avatar to be? Uh, I think there's only one answer to this. Jeff Goldblum. That's like a good that. answer. But why? Yeah. Why Jeff Goldblum? Because I have like my answer. I have like I have points to back it up. I, 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 because Jeff Goldblum. So you could always be watching somebody poop. Well, that and just men and women would find me attractive and interesting, and I, I think that would, would be a fantastic life to live. But I think that's the most inside. Calls you out on it, and then there'd be problems. But it's got to be the most inside baseball joke we've ever told on the pod. That Jeff Goldblum is watching you poop. That is one of the first <laughs> memes ever. And it wasn't on the internet, folks. It was it was it was, print. it, was, it, was, it was, was printed out. See, the use of these paper called, ink called printers. Printer, yeah. We used to fax stuff to each other. Yeah. And it was just him from the fly staring at you, saying he's watching you poop. Yeah. No, it started on college campuses and it was taped on the inside of uh, bathroom stalls. When you sat down and looked uh, up, there's Jeff yep. Goldblum. Yep, yep. Watching uh, you poop. Uh Bling Blake, uh, who would you want your avatar to be? This is why I don't poop in public restrooms whenever I can avoid mm. it. Um, this is a tough question. Uh, Cause like a lot goes into this, you know, I mean, you know, you'd be like, well, I want to be Keith Richards. Like, cause that'd be fantastic. Like Chumzilla did and just totally cheat. Um, yeah. Yeah. I said it. Uh, so anyway, I, I went, I, I went around, I went like 10 rounds with myself on this one and I came up with, I think I want to be Melissa McCarthy's character from Bridesmaids uh, because you, you still have to be able like, go on. Presumably they still need to get access to places. Like you have to be a person that can like blend in, but also get places. I definitely want to be funny. I have, you know, I kind of have a, a, mm-hmm. a large personality. So mm-hmm. I think Je- that would fit Jeff well. Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff uh-huh. Goldblum. Would be good. You're yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think you and I both would agree that I talk way too fast for anybody to believe that I'm a Goldblum esque kind of person. I mean, he gets he gets a little manic at times. It's all right. Uh, uh, yeah, he can. He can. For a man who doesn't want to poop in public restrooms, to choose a character whose defining scene is her just letting it fly in a public letting restroom. It, 
Let it go. <laughs> yeah, but she goes in the sink because it's more sanitary what? that way. I, I, I would have loved to have been killed by a modern bullet. Sanitary, at least. <laughs> no, but I think what Bling is saying here, t is she just aspires to have that Melissa McCartney, McCarthy, McCartney, whatever, Jenny, it's her cousin. He aspires to have that level of confidence is what he's telling us. And I respect that. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's ambitious. Okay. You know? Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. As- those are aspirational goals to have. And that's respectable. And then a coyote did something on one of my eye sockets. I think you know what that's called. <laughs> one of them coyotes made love to my skull. <laughs> I believe you know what that is commonly referred to. Yeah. I hope you got both of them, Roy. Uh, Oh, oh, so here, here's oh. my choice. I'm going to be Vin Diesel. Better yet, <laughs> not just Vin Diesel. I am Dominic Toretto. That of way, course. with Family. my with my superiors, the Proctor, I have plausible deniability for all high speed chases I am engaged in because Fair. it's Vin Diesel. Why wouldn't he be driving fast? Why wouldn't he be like, you know, burning rubber and drifting around corners? chasing people i'm probably just filming another movie yeah mm-hmm. also i mean i'd be the most handsome dead person on earth so no, and I'll, I'll tell you one thing if they hired bloodshot he would have had no problem killing kevin bacon so <laughs> movie's over this movie would have been 20 minutes long yeah. <laughs> okay i changed my answer you're right i i want to be brad pitt i'm gonna be brad pitt everybody loves me that'll be fantastic mm-hmm can't taste a hot dog. Well, to be fair, but Brad, I can, look, I can look in the mirror all day long. Brad Pitt was a Dedo and meet Joe Black. He's <laughs> <laughs> like King King Dedo. Yeah. Uh, last question, and I don't think Bling Blake will agree. And I had to go back through the archives to make sure. But is this the shit movie champion? If not, is it the at least the worst movie we've done this year? And to compare, we also did the happening this year, which we nominated for shit movie champion versus home sweet home alone but we we stuck with home sweet home alone for for good reason but i hated this movie if one of you were to say yes it's the worst i would not argue the point i couldn't defend it if i tried what do you think chumzilla so here's the thing uh this is not a good movie and as I've said before, I think its biggest sin is doing so little with the decent cast and a decent budget, too. I mean, like this movie didn't look particularly cheap. I think it was just lazy. Um, but yeah, no, the happening is worse. Home Sweet Home Alone is worse. And Ed is worse. Okay. Uh, but I yeah, will say, I, yeah. I, I, now, but I will say, I would rather watch Stuart Saves His Family then R.I.P.D. again. How Bling Blake managed to watch just three times in 48 hours, I will never know. Uh, better better man than we are. I, I guess. He's got a stronger constitution. Um, I, I tend to agree. I don't think this is worse than The Happening. The Mark Wahlberg performance alone, plus the guy like randomly talking about hot dogs, makes that movie taste worse than this. This is at least, you can see two people are having fun. Mm-hmm. So that's a plus. And then Home Sweet Home Alone, unfortunately, obviously we're coming, we're in Christmas season and my kids have been watching that again. And I have tried to shoot myself in the face with a pool ball <sighs> to no avail. I mean, it's. I think it's insulting to call that a movie. 
it's god awful it's the antithesis of funny and uh i mean people are using that uh as a torture device in some countries now so uh blink blink what do you think you're gonna obviously you're not on the train that this is the worst yeah no no possible way this is the worst um the, the happening is is way worse that's just all there is to it um I mean, we can go further back yes you're right it's certainly not worse than home sweet home alone like this movie i at least think has some redeeming moments in it en- enough jeff bridges having a good time like I-, I can honestly watch that guy like do pretty much anything and it's not going to be the worst movie true it's, yeah it's, it's yeah. just all it, okay. it. i mean all fair um so that takes us to our second break we're going to hear from our uh wobam entertainment brethren over the double turn podcast which I may be appearing on fairly soon to do a uh, year-in-review recap of wrestling, even though I haven't watched very little WWE, but I can certainly comment about AEW. But when we come back, we've got the Sounds Like an STD Trivia Challenge, hosted by Chumzilla, who in fact has an STD, so that fits. Oh, yeah! Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Hello and welcome back. We are on the RIPD episode of our Hops and Heartthrob Flops, and we are on to the Sounds Like an STD Trivia Challenge hosted by Chumpzilla, Master of STDs. Hey now, uh, those are STIs. Just, you know, kind of got to learn to <clears throat> reduce that stigma that there's nothing wrong with an STI. Most are curable and all are manageable. But anyway, gentlemen, we have a standard five question multiple choice format quiz tonight and you'll be playing for james hong's sweet hat so the stakes are pretty high and uh the chime-ins tonight are you frosty or ice hot partner or any uh, of the pod standards i want his banana <laughs> dude that banana was sick nothing to see here james hong steals the show again Always. He's the man. He is, in fact, the man. All right, let's get this started off with question number one. Mike Judge and Toby Huss provide various Deto voices in the film. We all know Judge's work, but can either of you tell me what 90s live-action Nickelodeon show Toby Huss was featured in? Your answers are A, Hey Dude, B, Salute your shorts, C, the adventures of Pete and Pete, or D, blues clues. Two dettos with green eyes. Whoa, hey, 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 hey there, T Dubs. I think you chimed in. What you got? Uh, I'm going with salute your shorts. Is that Ugg? Uh, I'm sorry, donkey lips, but that is the wrong answer. Bling Blake, can you steal? Your remaining answers are A, hey dude, C, the adventures of Pete and Pete, or D, 
Blue's Clues. I'm going to shoot. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with Pete and Pete. See, the adventures of Pete and Pete is correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought that was great. I'm like, wow. Okay. I love that show. Uh, for the record, that was some fantastic Nickelodeon content content back in the 90s uh-huh. i was a pete and pete guy i like pete and pete the younger pete show. was, it was uh, little... tommy duncan from the mighty ducks so yeah yeah that show was a little surreal it had a lot of like uh alternative rock artists guests appear on it it was it was pretty cool back in the day it was uh ahead of its time but anyway let's go on to question number two with bling blake in the lead most people probably didn't realize that ripd was based on a dark horse comic book of the same name, which of these movies was not based on a Dark Horse comic? A, Road to Perdition. B, Barbed Wire. C, The Mask. Or D, Time Cop. Let's do this! Oh, that's Bling Blake. I'm gonna go with The Mask? Wasn't that DC? I'm sorry, that was a Dark Horse property. False. Thunderous Wizard, can you steal? Oh, shit. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're all kind of. Do you need your answers? Uh, uh, okay. Um, I see Hot Partner. I'm going to go with Barb Wire because I think that's that's beneath Dark Horse. Oh, no, I'm sorry, sir. You are wrong. Barbed Wire, The Mask, and Time Cop are all Dark Horse properties. I should Road to Perdition was, yeah, was, was a that DC was a, Paradox was a, Press graphic novel. That was above property. Dark Horse. You underestimated the depths to which Dark Horse could stoop. Okay, well, Bling Blake, you still got the lead. Heading into question number three, the actress that plays Nick's second avatar, Piper McKenzie, starred in a Disney production g-force which is about what kind of crime fighting animal is it a mice b guinea pigs c cats or d hamsters i see hot partner guinea pigs god damn oh wow the thunderous wizard with a fast strike on that one and he is correct it is guinea pigs that's right g-force gadgets gizmos guinea pigs in three I know my I know my shitty children's movies. Okay, I knew that answer. I just couldn't go fast enough. Hey, real quick though, is the pod going to do the the Tom Hanks as a contract killer movie at any point in time? Oh, the Road to Perdition. Yeah, I actually like that movie, but there's no way it did well. Decent. No, I don't think it did. Incredible. It's really good, but there's no way that it did well. I I think it was pretty under the radar. Yeah. Oddly enough, if my we did that movie, that up, but if... <laughs> all of a sudden we're like Siskel and Ebert, like just like super dignified, like yeah. sipping. I'll wear a tie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, true story. My dad picked that movie up at a big lots for me. And he's like, hey, I watched this the other day on TV. It's pretty good. I picked it up at big, lot, big lots for a dollar. You should watch it. So I have a DVD copy so wait, around somewhere. Buying that movie was your dad's own personal road to perdition? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I always get that confused with the movie uh, with Alec Baldwin in it where he calls his kid Dildo. <laughs> is that like 
<laughs> out of Providence. That's, that's outside Providence. Uh, yeah. Road to Perdition outside of Providence. <laughs> hey, like, Dildo. Oh, the movie where he calls his kid Dildo. My dad's like, no, it's got Tom Hanks in it. I'm like, oh, different movie. Okay. Hey, Dildo, play us a tune. Hey, just remember, sex is like Chinese food. It's not over till everybody gets their fortune cookie. Best line for that movie. Okay. Ah. All right. Well, hey, we're tied up at one to one now. Uh, as we stumble our way into question number four, Zach Galifianakis notably turned down the role of Roy, but also starred in this movie featuring Devin Buzz Rattray. Was it A, G-Force, B, Up in the Air, C, The Hangover Part 3, or D, Masterminds? I'm going to shoot. Boing, boing. D, Masterminds. That is correct. Yeah, that, I knew that. Yeah. That, was a good, I, that movie's pretty funny. I like that movie. And fun fact, though, uh, Mr. Kalfanakis is in all four of those movies. He's is, in G-Force with the, with the, what's her face, uh, with Piper McGinsey. Oh, like anybody? Um, yeah, he, he's one of the human characters in that, you know. Is Masterminds the one where they, they put the bomb of the guy in the bank, or is that 60, 60 seconds or less? Because that, that shit actually happened in, like, rural Pennsylvania when they strapped Masterminds, the bomb to the pizza man. Yep. That one was 60 seconds or less, but Masterminds also is a true story of robbing armored cars in North Carolina, I believe. It's okay. in the South yeah. somewhere, but yeah, it's also a based on a true story. And neither of those is Dinner with Schmucks. But anyway, moving on. All right. Blink Blake's got the lead. It is two to one. Heading into question number five. T-dubs can tie it up here. The scoreboard operator at Fenway, Mike O'Malley, also has a Nickelodeon connection. He hosted what 90s Nick game show? Was it A, Legends of the Hidden Temple, B, Wild and Crazy Kids, C, Guts, or D, Nick Arcade? Farts and Tarts. Do you have it, Guts? That was the Thunder's Wizard. That is correct. He was, in fact, the host of Guts, also known as Nickelodeon's Guts. So that's a tie, folks. So I guess you're going to have to do like a custody deal with uh, no, no. Uh, James Tong's hat. Fuck that. Bling Blake and I want a piece of the aggro crag. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. do this. All right. I'll see what I can do. I'm pretty sure uh, uh, we can swing that. But uh, congratulations, gentlemen. Enjoy your hat and your piece of the aggro crag. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that is the uh, sounds like an STD challenge. What's up oh, next? Okay. What are we doing we're, we're on to recommendations. Mm. So, Chumpsilla, why don't you tell us what you have on tap for us this week? Okay, uh, so my recommendation this week is Sleepwalk with Me. It is a 2012 independent comedy directed by, written by, and starring Mike Brigbiglia. Brigbiglia, Brigbiglia, there we go. Brigbiglia, Brigbiglia, you got it. Brigbiglia, yeah, I got it, nailed it. Uh, and if you're an NPR listener, you've probably already heard about Mike and you're familiar with his story, uh, which the movie is based on. Uh, it's the dramatization of his early years as a struggling stand-up comedian. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's a funny, quirky little movie. And right now it is free on Pluto TV. And don't just take my word for it. It's got an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes and it's well-reviewed across the board by critics. So check out Sleepwalk With Me, now free on Pluto TV. That's an ad right there. I should cut that for radio. Mike, send the checks right here. Long yeah, definitely. Minutes. Especially and, uh, when you didn't know how to pronounce his name. So. 
Yeah, I'm sure the Burbigs can't Berbiglia. wait to get up here and Berbiglia. start giving you some money. Yeah, Mike Burbiglia is a fantastic stand-up comedian. Um, definitely listen to his stuff. I, I've not seen this movie, so I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Since, uh, well, I heard him talk about it on the radio, and he's told some of these stories that you see, like you know, dramatized in the movie. So, like, I was familiar with it, but like, I never could see it because it wasn't like a big release anywhere. So, it's nice that it's free on Pluto now. Yeah. For sure. All right, Blink Blake, what do you got for us? Um, I'm going to start with a non-recommendation, an unrecommendation, the seven up of recommendations, the uncola of recommendations. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, which you have to know. I mean, you guys realize what that means coming from me because I pretty much like everything. Um, it's it's probably my fault when it comes to a show like this, but uh do not go watch R.I.P.D. to the oh, rise no. of the damned. First of all, it's it's billed as and described as a prequel, and they made the title R.I.P.D. two. You can't call yeah, it a prequel yeah. two. You got to keep yeah. that it, out of there. It yeah. starts from there, and it just it just continues to devolve. It's. It's awful. Miggy from the bad places in it. That might be the, the brightest spot in the entire movie. But other than that, it is absolute garbage from start to finish. Don't so, bother. Hey, so, hey, T-Dubs, help me out here. Has any movie stolen the comic book uh, method of going like with the movie Zero? Is there like a Resident Evil Zero movie or just a game? Just yeah, it's a called game. Temple of Doom. Yeah. Temple of Doom would technically be that where it's it's a prequel, but yeah. No, no, I'm no, no. I'm just saying, like, is it, they could have done like R.I.P.D. Zero. There is no yeah. zero because because yeah. they used to do like the retro issue zero to get in front of like a comic book. They do it after the fact to do an issue zero. I'm just saying they could have done R.I.P.D. Zero, um, but yeah, it should have been like R.I.P.D. Begins or it's actually R.I.P.D. The Beginning. It's actually just Gallo Walkers Two. Oh. Gallo Walkers Two. Oh no! Also terrible. I, but is that, the, how is the that interesting not the point, worst movie we've done? God, that's it, awesome. is, is it because it's got DDP in it? Does that save it? That's a huge bonus. Plus, you get a spine rip. Spine Sweet rip. Spine rip. Yep. Can't can't discount the spine rip. Pretty solid spine rip. Got to respect been, the spine rip. Would have been home in any Mortal Kombat movie, no questions asked. Uh, yeah. So R.I.P.D. Two. Uh, you don't need to worry about putting that but, into your queue. It so is, who's it is Roy? Good. Who's Roy in that? Boy. Some guy, the dude from Burn some, Notice. Yeah, it's a dude from Burn Notice. Yeah. He he does. Bruce look, Campbell. He does look younger, but he's not younger. I, it, it's, it's just bad, bad okay. guys. Okay. It's just it's just bad. Not even um, R.I.P.D. Two. Not even once. No, it, uh, no, don't do it. Um, my actual recommendation uh, for this week um, is a show on Hulu with Ryan Reynolds and uh, Rob McElhenney uh, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And the show is called Welcome to Wrexham. It's a documentary show um, chronicling their purchase of uh, Wrexham AFC, uh, which is a English uh, semi-professional football team, professional football team in Wales. Um, shouldn't say English, a Welsh team. Uh, they are below the pyramid of uh, professional football in England, and they're trying to get up to the next level. Um, a lot of fun, really good, heartfelt, gives you. And, you know, I think sometimes we see actors like Ryan Reynolds or even Rob McElhenney, where we're like, 
that guy seems like a really decent person. Like, I wonder if they really are. These guys are really good dudes. Um, so they, they legitimately bought a soccer club. Yes, they the bought oldest, a soccer club. Oldest soccer club in the United Kingdom, right? Well, is, is they, that the story? They, they play in the oldest international stadium in the world. Um, okay. So okay, yeah. Wrexham AFC has been around for a very, very long time. I don't know yeah. if they hold the title as the oldest, uh, you know, professional team on the British Isles, but their stadium is old, um, which they kind of use as a bragging point, but also like there's literally parts of that stadium that are falling down that you can't sit in <laughs> because it's, it's in ruins basically. Uh, but it's really, it's a really great show. It's heartwarming um, and cool. And I, I'm, I'm a big uh, soccer fan, so I, nice. I really enjoy it. Um, that's up there. And then just really quick, uh, just another super quick plug as we get into the holiday season um, for the best Christmas action movie that's ever been made, Lethal Weapon. I just want to throw that out there. One time. Oh man, I can't wait for this debate. I can't, I cannot <laughs> wait, but my recommendations twofold. All right, there's an Actors on Actors interview uh, with Adam Sandler and Brendan Fraser, which I never knew it was pronounced Fraser, like Razor, um, that you can catch on YouTube. I can share it. I shared it today on the, on the social. Essentially, it's just two actors who are familiar with each other talking about their careers. And of course, they were in Airheads together, which it's a crime against humanity that you cannot stream that like anywhere right now. Because that is a, a movie. it's a great bad comedy. Uh, they talked. Yeah, about that's right. PCU. Yeah, they talked about their careers. Um, they're I love Adam Sandler a lot. I I grew up with his movies. He can do no wrong in my eyes, even if I do think some of his movies are terrible. Yeah, I mean, l- let's be clear here. Some of his movies are terrible. Jack and Jill. Yeah, but but for all accounts, he seems to be a pretty good dude. But Jack and Jill still gave us Dunkachino, which makes it immortal. Uh, it and, and and Brendan Fraser, who I also really grew up with, and uh, School Ties is a movie I, I look back and I love that movie, and it launched the careers of so many people who wound up being very famous, like Matt Damon and and Ben Affleck was in that film, and, and Chris O'Donnell, who you know kind of flamed out but had a really good career and. Brendan Fraser yeah, was a big ruled, deal for a bit. you know, and I'm I'm really happy he he's having his big comeback moment. And they talk about the whale, and they just they talk about they apparently have been friends since Airhead, so it's a really cool interview, and it's only like a half hour, so check that out. And then my second recommendation, like Blink Blake, I'm going to stick with Ryan Reynolds, and you can watch this movie Spirited on Apple Plus, which is a Christmas Carol inspired musical with him and Will Ferrell. And I won't say it's a perfect film, but it has some very funny moments and their chemistry is undeniably great. And a couple of the songs are really well done. And as you may know, listeners, I do enjoy the odd musical here and there as I do love cats. And uh, it's, it is, it's a good time. You know, it's, it, it's a little bit long in the tooth, but still a good time and a couple of great songs. And obviously you just got to appreciate the the amount of work that goes into crafting a good musical. So check it out if you've got Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, so let me ask this question now that we brought up Adam Sandler's career. Where is Will Ferrell at at the moment? Well, he's in the Spirited movie. 
Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. I was like, but where's his career at? Like, because he was the biggest comedy star on earth, much like Adam <clears throat> Adam Sandler before him. Like, is he is? You know, I think Adam Sandler is taking that dramatic turn. I don't think we're gonna see Adam Sandler go back to the Billy Madison well anytime soon. What about Will Ferrell? What, what's he gonna well, do? You know, I read he had a falling out with Adam McKay. Got yeah, their because, big fight over uh, the be, the Lakers buyout because he wanted to play Jerry Buss, and instead it went to uh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley, who he was also really good friends with, and I think that kind of messed with him, honestly, uh, yeah. because well, they were like two of his best friends. Talented, it's very Talladega Nights coming coming to life, right? Yeah, I don't know from from what I read. I don't know that there was a whole lot of animosity between Will and John, but it was that Will felt he got kind of uh, shanghaied, had the rug pulled out from underneath him by by Adam McKay. Yeah, and uh, whether that's true or not, like I don't think you know McKay's side is a you know, he, he didn't he never promised anything to Will. And yeah, well, I'll throw my two cents in here. I think that's a deal where Will probably thought it was unspoken. Like it's it's gonna be me, right? Like and then, right, like I'm I'm me, you're you. It's, it's, I love it's, the Lakers. It's clearly me, right? And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. John Will. looks John looks exactly like Cherry Bus, and yeah, is a better fit for the role. Like I'm sorry, like, you know, uh, like, it sucks. like well, you know, I'm so, yeah, feelings yeah, get hurt. Feelings yeah. get hurt. And but in but, but so wait, what's next for him? I I feel like he had. I feel like uh, he was waiting for his next big moment. Like I but I think it's not gonna happen now. It's, it's been yeah, a while. the fact of the matter is these guys get older and he had a couple of duds uh the holmes and watson dud oh, oh we've never done that and that's considered but, one of the biggest flops i'm sure time. i'm sure he'll be fine it's will ferrell yeah. well i'm sure i'm sure he sleeps comfortably on his giant pile yeah. of money every night so yeah i mean remember, i watched Step Brothers the other day he's making tons of money still you can find and usc is probably going to win the next heisman so he should yeah, be super happy what does that matter? They're not in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. You can find Captain Cash not doing his notes or preparing for the show at CAPTCASH <laughs> on most social media. Shots fired! And Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. McCheese, who very busy as well, can be found at HBF McCheese on Twitter. And Bling Blake, where can they find you? Come hang out with me on Twitter at Bling Blake. Okay. And remember, you can check out Wobam Entertainment at wobamentertainment.com or at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. Uh, In the end, listeners, remember one thing. You're just going to have to learn and sit on your regret. And pain until it turns into a dull, persistent ache. That's the way we do it. That's the way drunk men do it. (laughs) Uh, We'll see you next week for the kickoff of Hops and All I Want for Christmas Flops with one of my all-time faves, 1987's G.I. Joe, the movie. And for Christmas sakes, let's just say Cobra... (laughs) 